Happy New Year. I can't believe it's 2024. I remember when we had that whole like millennium scare. Yeah. Like 20, like 2000. Yeah. Like everything was going to shut down. We were all whole world was going to be the end of days. If we wouldn't have like, can you imagine if we only would have known that 20 years later we would have shut down, but for a whole other reason. (laughs) Yeah. Good Lord. Have mercy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today on the show, we are going to do the top 23 of 2023 in our horror film picks. And we may have a couple of honorable mentions. There might be more than 23, but I thought it was a catchy title. And there will be at least 23 movies that we both talk about. We we figure we've got a few of the same movies on our list, Probably. But, but we figure there will also be a lot of differences because we definitely have different tastes in horror flicks, sure. so that always makes it kind of fun. We wanted to start out, though, with some of the bigger movies that probably everyone has heard of. So we've each picked a few of the bigger, more famous, more you know, theater driven with famous people in them <laughs> kind of horror movies that you may have heard of that like each of us respectively really enjoyed this year. And we'll have a little chat about that. I want to mention first though, that angry girl and her monster, which is a movie that's on shutter. It's a Frankenstein retelling is on our list, mm-hmm. and we both recommend that you go and see it. It's definitely one of the top movie, top, top horror movies of 2023. It's unbelievable. It's really great, and but we're going to do a whole episode on that movie later here in January, so we're not going to talk a ton about it today, but I did want to say it's, it's, it's dark, it's twisted, it's an independent movie, it's got a unique monster, the way they do Frankenstein in this is unique. It's emotional, it's dramatic, you care about the characters, and and it's the the basic premise of death being a disease that you can cure is is a great twist on this. So I just wanted to make sure we mention it. Definitely top, but we're not gonna like go into it a lot because we're no. gonna do a whole episode on it. That we think it deserves that. Yeah, and her performance alone. Amazing. The acting, everything. So tell me maybe one of the more famous movies that you liked this year. I'm going to start with um, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Knock at the Cabin. Okay. I really love this. So this movie is, while vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. You know, his movies are so hit or miss for me. I don't love him. I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. I literally go in going, maybe I'll like this one. Yeah. Maybe I won't. But, <laughs> but I know keep he, coming back. he's divisive. A lot of people like him or don't like him. And to me, I, I've loved a few of his and I've hated a few of his. So this one I really liked for a number of reasons. First of all, um, I think a lot of his movies, sometimes the stories are so metaphorical and all that where it's like, okay, it's fine, but can we just get to the horror? Can we get to the feels? And I'm not just trying to figure out this puzzle Mm -hmm. that isn't, I'm thinking I'm watching a horror movie and you're given another message. Mm -hmm. This was really, if you're looking at it strictly from a thriller, uh, horror mystery, it, it really captures you. To me, I felt in that house with these folks. I also think from a queer horror lens, we did a whole you know, episode on queer horror this year. This is not a queer horror film, but what I love is that the couple just happens to be a, a gay couple, two men with with a child. And it's one of the first movies I've ever seen where the emphasis is not on their 
homosexuality. It's just very organic. And I thought it was done very naturally. And I love, I love the placement of that. So just some of that, the Dave Bautista, fucking awesome in this movie. He is really good. Jonathan Groff. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about on the, the, one of our other episodes where we talk about books that we read this year, Paul Tremblay is one of the writers on the script. So I'm like, man, I mean, it, the story from beginning to end, you, it really taps into your moral like compass and there's a lot you're sitting with and thinking about. And so it, a lot of times when we watch horror movies, it's like, this is good. This is bad. Yeah. And this just opens up all, all these different perspectives and puts you in a position where you're like, I could imagine being on this side and on this side. And it just, oof, it, I liked it a lot more than I thought. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would as well. Um, I have not read the book. Navigating the controversy when this first came out was, of course, people who had read the book and, you know, them kind of going into this movie wondering if it was going to be okay kind of thing. Yeah. And what ended up happening, because it was a book written by Paul Tremblay. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening, at least what I read, and I think what I said on the show was that the book is just different. And the, 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 I mean, the, the movie gives you an ending, which was great and that's appropriate for a movie and the book doesn't the mo- mm. the book allows you to sort of like sit just with be it. in that and sit with it yeah. and i think that's great and yeah. some people that i know that read the paul tremblay's book said that they really liked both for what they oh both well that's were. good that's, yeah, yeah that's not the huge i know right yeah. i mean yeah i think that i think that's great so i have a couple of i think unpopular opinions for my favorite well, I'll, I'll let you like, know blockbusters <laughs> yeah Kathy will judge me. I really loved Renfield. I loved Renfield so me much. Me too. I thought it was yeah. a fucking good time. And Nicolas Cage, uh, you know, was great, but he's also not the main character in he this movie. He is not. And the, it's funny because it's funny. It's, uh, it just, it moves along. There's action. It's just a fun ride and I enjoyed it. It kind of held together. So, <laughs> the tagline for this movie is sucks to be him. Uh-huh. Uh, it's so right. colorful too. It's colorful. It's shot beautifully. It was awesome. It was a gigantic surprise. Honestly, I was, I was very surprised and I would recommend it to anyone, honestly. So the synopsis is having grown sick and tired of his centuries as Dracula's lackey <laughs> Renfield finds a new lease on life and maybe even redemption when he falls for feisty perennial perennially angry traffic cop Rebecca Quincy. So it's, it's fun. There's a little romance piece there. There's Nick Cage. I mean, what else, what else do you need? Really? It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the other really popular one that, well, I don't know. It's not popular, but it had a big budget. I sat in the movie theater and watched the Pope's exorcist. Oh, see, I haven't seen that yet, but I know it it didn't get the greatest reviews. It did not with Russell Crowe. I love this movie. <laughs> I just love this movie. I enjoyed every moment. It's it's exorcism. It's it's Russell Crowe with an Italian accent. It's it's he's like uh, he was funny in it. So Father Gabriel Amorth. Who, now this is based on a real a real father. Um, a real priest. So chief exorcist of the Vatican investigates a young boy's terrifying possession and ends up uncovering a centuries old conspiracy. The Vatican has desperately tried to keep hidden. Now, is it a perfect film? Of course not. 
I don't know too many perfect films, but I had a great time watching it. It was very much reminiscent of like nineties horror cinema. There's some really fun, like showdown with the devil scenes with a lot of like special effects and all the things, you know, but if you remember films like stigmata and the devil's advocate and, and those kinds of movies from, from back in the day, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I know I'm not in the camp where people will agree with me, but I have found a few of my compadres in the horror world who, who are like, I loved it too. What are these people talking about? That's so, what's so great about horror though. So, sometimes, you know, you just get what you want to get out of it. And it, and horror I think is one of the only genres that allow, that gives us permission to like stuff that isn't always seen as great by other yeah, you know. and I mean, there's a priest and it's Russell Crowe and there's exorcism, right? There's demons and all of that stuff. So there's all that church stuff that I dig, like with the demons and the possession and all of that. And also Russell Crowe plays, if you guys remember, or if you watch on reruns, we used to, us old folk used to have reruns. <laughs> we don't have those anymore, but it's like Columbo. He's like the Columbo yeah. character. Oh, see, that's fun. I love Columbo. Solving the mystery. And it's like Russell Crowe. I don't know. Do you think know. that got lost on people? I just, uh, maybe because yeah. of contemporary audiences don't know that, but yeah. I'm sure reviewers Because that's a great probably. character. My review, oh, here I am. Here I am writing my review when I first watched it. It says, Columbo, Russell Crowe in religious horror? Question mark. So much yes. And then um, there's a line in the movie where he's like, would you like to go to hell? And I answered by saying, yes, let's go to hell. I, I think a lot of people don't like Russell Crowe too. Whatever. And for a long time, yep. he was a favorite until he wasn't. And yep. um, I understand. Yeah. And I love him. I yeah, I, I so like that, him too. So that helps. Like just like with Renfield, Nick Cage being in it helps me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I like Russell Crowe too. I'll check it out. This one technically came out in 2022 in certain parts of the world, but came out to us here in the states in 2023. Uh, the movie talked to me. Talk to Me is an Australian supernatural horror film directed by Danny and Michael Philippe, <laughs> written by Danny Philippe and mm. Bill Hinsman, mm -hmm. and based on a concept by Daley Pearson. It stars Sophie Wilde, Alexander Jensen, Joe Bird, Otis Donji, Miranda Otto, and Zoe Tarakis. I don't know if I'm saying that right. The film follows a group of teenagers who discover they are able to contact spirits using mysterious severed an embalmed hand only for things to go too far. Uh, I liked this movie for a number of reasons. I thought the acting was really good in this movie. I thought it was scary as fuck. I think it's hard to do. It's an A24, which I'm just biased. Most of A24, I'll say most because Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But I think it's hard to do horror nowadays and it's still scare those of us that have been watching it for a long time. It wasn't necessarily scary to me because it was gory. It was scary to me because this is what happens when we take things that we don't fully understand too far. And so there, there are heavy dramatic elements to this movie that to me make it so much darker. The characters I care about which is also hard, I think, in horror. I think the uh, the use of the villain in this by a hand that, through this hypnotic state, they're able to access and then allow in. You know, we we just like Shannon likes possession films. You know, it's the idea of like inviting something into you and then what that can possibly do and how that can go out of control. 
And then where it leads the main character, I'm not going to give away the end of the film, but just it just circles back. I went into this with no expectations. I know it had a lot of really good reviews from people I had talked to that I'd seen it, which always makes me weary. But then I watched it and I really liked it. Talk to me is top five movie of the year for me. Yeah. At, at one point, it was absolutely my favorite it's of the year. It's fantastic. And I had, I've just seen more movies since then because this came out in July. So yeah. I love this movie. I was terrified. Oh, like it is actually scary. Like it had me on the edge of my seat. Like what the fuck's going to happen? And I just thought it was so solid. Yeah, so it, solid. And it, it was acquired at Sundance and then it came out in July. So that's why it has the old, like the 2022. Uh, release date but to us it's 2023 because it was made and then it was at Sundance and then it was acquired and then it was released in 2023 so that's why it has the weird whatever's I thought maybe it had been released in Australia before us but Mm. okay yeah I'm I'm opening a can of soda again yeah going through a lot lots of water (laughs) I wanted to mention two television shows actually who were who got higher ratings than a lot of the movies I saw this year. So the fall of the house of Usher, which we did an loved episode, it. loved it, loved it. That I got, gave it a really high rating, high rating. And then earlier in the year, I watched the series beef. Oh yeah. That's a great one. And I gave that one a very, very high rating. And so I did want to, I know we're talking movies today, but I did want to make sure I mentioned that those two series this year got very high ratings for me. So those would be the two I would recommend. I obviously haven't seen all the series. So if you guys have series to recommend, I would love it because here's the thing. Like I don't, I ain't got time to watch all the series. I usually watch one episode and if it doesn't hook me, I'm on to the next because I ain't got time. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting us know your methodology. You're welcome. Yeah. I knew you wanted to know. This one is um, also another maybe divisive one, but I loved Megan. Oh, I know you let, I know you did. I, I but I, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not. But I, I think it was just a perfect combination of tongue-in-cheek humor and also really cre- creepy horror. Hor- horror. Horror. Creepy horror. <laughs> creepy horror. <laughs> when Gemma suddenly becomes the caretaker of her orphan eight-year-old niece, Katie. Gemma's unsure and unprepared to be a parent. Under intense pressure at work, Gemma decides to pair her Megan prototype with Katie in an attempt to resolve both problems, a decision that will have unimaginable consequences. To me, this was an amalgamation of a lot of 80s movies based on dolls and child horror like Alice Sweet Alice and um, some of these others that use like really creepy elements of children to tell the story of horror. Mm -hmm. And then it's, you know, mixed in with modern day AI. There's nothing deeply profound about this movie, but I found it to be incredibly entertaining and somewhat hilarious, but also somewhat terrifying because I hate dolls. I think some people read a lot into it about the state of our AI and society mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think you can, I, I just took it at face value it's and just, had fun. That's how I did. Yeah. And for that, I think it was, sometimes you just want to sit down and watch a fun horror. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. Because there are other horror movies that are tackling AI in a much more like sophisticated, oh, yeah. that, thoughtful way. That was way. not this. There's been a couple of them that have been really amazing. That's not this. This is just fun. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. It yeah. didn't make my list, but I, I had a great time watching it. Yeah. 
Okay, so I'm moving on to movies. Move that- on. I just want to honorable mention one more time. All I, right. lo- I loved Evil Dead Rise. That's it. That's oh, it. Yeah. Moving on. Moving yeah. on. I've talked about it on other shows. I'm just saying fucking loved it. So that was one of your favorites of this year, probably I think too. So. Yeah. What about Saw? Did you ever see Saw 10? I did. And all, this is what I'll say about it. Yeah. I wasn't mad at it. Yeah. That's how I felt. I wasn't mad at it. Not super mad. Nope. There were a few moments where I was like, what? Whatever. But I do think they went back to the roots of that, Saw. That's why I wasn't mad at exactly. it. Exactly. So we'll see what happens now. Everybody's pontificating about what's going to happen. You I know. know. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to move on to like horror movies that, you know. Do it. Do it. The horror community's heard of, of course, but but those of you who might be listening to this, maybe not. And I want to make sure that you know about them. Husera, the Bone Woman. That's on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. So Husera, the Bone Woman, is Valeria's joy at becoming a first-time mother is quickly taken away when she's cursed by a sinister entity. As danger closes in, she forced she's forced deeper into a chilling world of dark magic that threatens to consume her. This is a Mexican Peruvian supernatural horror movie. It's it's kind of it's a drama. You have to like slow burn, dread building, lots of atmosphere. You, you're getting really anxious. That's what you gotta, you gotta like that. And then it's, it's like the drama begins to intensify and intensify and intensify. And it okay. just builds and builds and builds. And there are some moments, cringe worthy moments, of course. <laughs> There's some like, oh no. I mean, it is called the bone woman. So. You could imagine there's some bone cracking. Bone cracking. That's going to happen. Cracking bones. That's correct. I have heard good things about this movie. I have not seen it yet. It's really good. You know, as much as sometimes I'm like, I'm going to cancel Shudder. Oh, this movie was a pile of shit. I, and when I come she to does the end, that. when I come to the end of each year, there is inevitably a handful of movies that I have watched that are exclusively on shutter. You really can't see them anywhere else that are independent movies that are coming from film festivals that are excellent, like Academy award winning acting. The acting in this is amazing mm. that if shutter didn't exist, we wouldn't see it. Yeah. I, I, I hear you on that. Um, I have more technical problems with shutter than I do what yeah. they put on, but, right. but, um, and that's why I'm like, I'm getting rid of shutter. It's not, it's, just, it's frozen again. Um, but no, I hear you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's selective. Uh, and, but when their stuff is good, it's really good. Yeah. So, okay. This is, has mixed reviews, but I really enjoyed it. It's a movie called no one will save you. I've heard good things, actually, and I did see it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No One Will Save You is a movie about Bryn Adams, a woman who is mourning the loss of of both her best friend and her mother. She leads a solitary existence and is shunned by the local townspeople. One night, she awakens to discover that a humanoid alien has broken into her home. The movie follows Bryn's story as she faces off against a host of extraterrestrial beings who threaten her future while forcing her to deal with her past. To me, this movie is more of a sci-fi drama than it is a horror it's 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 a horror sci-fi that's okay. what it's labeled as so it does classify as a horror film for the reason that i think there are so many there's so there are so many psychological undertones in this movie around grief and regret and relationships and all this stuff but i think why it's to me um caitlin deaver's performance is so 
wonderful. She doesn't, she speaks one word in an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's got that quiet place vibe, but with a very different plot. Agreed. Um, so if you have not seen it and you like that kind of stuff where the story is really told through the editing and told through the nonverbals of the actors, I thought it was really powerful and I, d- I dug it. It's good. So many of those movies in the last few years, right? Hush, The Quiet Place. Like yeah. it's, it's definitely like a trope that they're leaning into. And there's so many good ones. It's so effective. Yep. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This is a movie that I absolutely loved. It's called In My Mother's Skin. Stranded in the Philippines during World War II, a young girl finds that her duty to protect her dying mother is complicated by her misplaced trust in a beguiling, flesh-eating fairy. Wow. It's a Filipino movie, and I can't say enough about it. (laughs) It's so good. It's got the fairy thing going, which is not, delightful or charming in any way it's a flesh-eating fairy it's a really disturbing fairy it's in the philippines they i i find that filipino horror in general does not pull any punches (laughs) it is very brutal in its ideas yes there's gore yes there's a lot of horror it was fucking frightening there's a couple of there's a lot of moments in this that were very, very frightening. Again, this is on Shudder. The acting is the kid that's in the lead. Oh, she is so good. It reminds me a little bit of Evil Dead Rise in the sense okay. that it's just like relentless and scary. And you can't believe the next thing is happening. And it's, but it's also eerie and it's got sort of like A24 vibes and. I would just recommend it to anyone. It's like dark. There's a lot of sort of isolation horror um, bits to it. It's gross. It's folk horror. I understand a lot of people don't like folk horror, but I can can really promise you that... You know, it's like people don't like found footage or whatever. And then, yeah. I'll, and then I'll tell them like, no, there's these three found footage mo- movies you absolutely have to see. And then they'll like them because they're the best of the best. Right. It's a historical tragedy. There's a mean fairy. I mean... There's a mean fairy. Well. What's not to love? I mean, folk horror is hit or miss for me. I tell you all yep. that every time we read it in the Discord. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. This one is good to me. Great. The next one on my list is Phenomena. I really loved this movie. It, first of all, it's very rare that you see an ensemble cast of older women, which I think that's really cool. That was always fun. Um, and older women that are like really badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is loosely based on a true story. So set in the city of Madrid in 1998, the film begins with Father Pilon walking into a cafe that serves as the meeting place for the Hepta group where the team usually comes together to discuss cases. As the father goes over the files of the members, we are introduced to these individuals one after another. First is a professor and theorist of mathematics, Gerardo Plana, who is unfortunately caught up in some delegate work at the department where he teaches. To make up for his absence, 
uh, Girado sends a student of his, Pablo Marimon, as Your an intern. Proud. <laughs> Marimon, as an intern to join the group in his investigation. Next is Sar- Sagrario, a middle-aged woman who is inexplicitly concerned about her growing age and wants to hold on to her youth. The woman is also a staunch believer in the supernatural, still hoping that her dead husband, Carlos, would contact her through some paranormal means. In fact, Sagrario okay, once hired... at this point, I think maybe not. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite character, though, is Pass. She's the oldest of the members in the Hepta group, except for the senior father, and she mostly handles the documenting part of the paranormal investigations. They get together one night to essentially open up this whole paranormal experience in the house and it's a really great it reminds me a lot of like agatha christie plus supernatural ensemble cast like a it's not a whodunit because it's not a murder mystery Mm -hmm. but um i just thought this was a really fun movie with some you know creepy it's not like over the top scary Mm -hmm. but it's a fun ride awesome yeah I want to mention Birth Rebirth, which was also an independent movie picked up, I believe, at Sundance from 2023. And this is another Frankenstein movie. So I always watch the Frankenstein movies. This one happened to be excellent. So this is one of, another one of those ones where if Shudder didn't exist, we wouldn't be seeing this. It would just be on film festival circuit and we might never see it. Maybe it gets a DVD release or something, but... Shutter has this or, you know, Shutter's owned by AMC now. So, you know, I, I thank them for these kinds of movies because a single mo- mother and a childless morgue technician are bound together by their relationship to a little girl they have reanimated from the dead. This is not a feel good movie of the year mm. at all. This is also a slow burn, dread filled, uncomfortable. I mean, they're reanimating a little girl and the mom is there it's the mom and the morgue technician that are doing this Mm -hmm. and what brings them together and i can only tell you that again the acting this woman marin yvonne ireland is the morgue technician and she would be nominated she is she was amazing that's awesome and she's been in a lot of other stuff she was in the empty man. She was in the boogeyman. She was in a bunch of other stuff, the dark and the wicked. She's been in a lot of movies, non horror movies as well. She's freaking phenomenal. And you might recognize her when you see her, but it's a great movie, especially if you like the things I mentioned. Awesome. It was good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I really liked the movie, uh, the boogeyman that came out this year, 2023. We're just Mm -hmm. talking about, is that the boogeyman you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. American supernatural horror film directed by Rob Savage. It's based on the 1973 short story of the same name by Stephen King. So there's an influence there. So the boogeyman, uh, the plot is still reeling from the tragic death of their mother. A teenage girl and her younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. So Sophie Thatcher, who was in Yellow Jackets, Mm -hmm. she's really great as the lead in this. I think she's just a solid up and coming actor, to be honest with you. I think we're going to see her in a lot of things, but she really carries this movie. Lots of creep factor again there's you know it's around grief which you and i've talked about quite a bit on this show and i thought that there were some really creepy elements but then you know it's surrounded by 
family with grief, it's teenage angst, you're, and then you have this love-hate relationship with her because she does some stupid shit to bring some stupid shit on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're but, like, well, you deserve that. <laughs> but I think uh, it has, it's, there's some good creep factor to it. I, I would recommend it. Great. Yeah. I'm going to mention a couple here in succession. I watched Malum, which is 2020. How was that? It's the 2023, The Last Shift. And you know how people are diehard fans of The Last Shift. And I really love that movie as well. So I was very suspicious going into watching this. But it ended up being, as obviously, as I'm mentioning it right now, it ended up being, you know, top 10, top 15 of my year. Because it was definitely different than The Last Shift. There was more, more gore, more frightening, really creepy amazing visuals, very brutal, very serious, scary. I mean, this was a remake by the very same director. Basically, he, you know, he was saying, this is what I would have done if I had had the money when I made Last Shift. Mm. As far as a, you know, demon horror, I, lo I love demon horror. Like if there's any kind of demon involved. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm going to dig it. That's why you're friends with me. That's right. Kathy's the number one, my number one demon. Yes. This is a good movie. I say even if you like The Last Shift, you should watch it. Just go in and, and know that this was the original. This is what he could do when he had money. And he, and he, I thought it was good. And then I'll also mention The Wrath of Becky to mix it up. Okay. <laughs> because, of course, as you can see, a lot of my favorite movies are <laughs> very mean and dark and scary. The Wrath of Becky was a lot of fun. Hell hath no fury like a 16-year-old scorned. So that I watched, is true. <laughs> I watched, it's very true. I watched the first Becky and loved it. So when this was coming out, I was super, super, super excited. And if you've listened this far into the episode, I want you to know that I have four or five The Wrath of Becky posters to give away. So what I'm going to do is when this episode comes out, I'm going to do an Instagram post and I'm going to ask you guys to do like a couple things, whatever I can. I don't know what I'm going to ask you to do yet and um to win a poster and i'll put i'll i'll post a picture of the poster because it's actually a really cool poster and if you like this movie and you want the poster you'll do the couple things and you'll win a poster and i'll send it to you i love that two years after she escaped a violent attack on her family that was the first movie 16 year old becky attempts to rebuild her life in the care of an older woman a kindred spirit named elena however when a violent group known as the noblemen <laughs> break into their home attack them and take their beloved dog no becky That's must return fucked. becky it's it's a plot point it's a big plot point too Becky must return to her old ways to protect herself and her loved ones. This is a lot of fun. I am definitely team Becky and I'm going to spoil right now whether the dog lives or dies. So if you don't care about that, just I like to know, just like give me a minute. I'm going to tell everyone because this is the only thing I ever spoil. The dog does not die. Thank God. Holding my breath on that. <laughs> they, I, I noticed that they killed animals more in the 80s and 90s, and I think they realize now, like, people really don't want. That. I have happened to see a couple movies lately where the animals did die, but it, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like long, drawn out, brutal, detailed, or like anything. They used that, to do so. that way more. They I did. I think people are just like any anything but the yeah, animals. Yeah, like, please. stop it. I mean, there's a whole website, Did the Dog Die? So, 
Right. Or the cat. For a reason. Whoever. Did the animal die? No, thank God. No. Yay, good. So this next one surprised me a little bit because, you know, my feelings on pregnancy horror and how it's so overdone. And um, I think the reviews surprised me me as well because the reviews were actually pretty decent on this. I'm like, okay, I was picking up on something. Yeah. It's a movie called Clock that came out on Hulu this year. I remember you mentioned that one. I really liked this. So Mm -hmm. Clock is the story of a woman who enrolls in a clinical trial to try and fix her seemingly broken biological clock after friends, family, and society pressures her to have children. Diana Agron, who I love from Glee, Mm. uh, loving seeing her do other things. It, It has a pretty pretty good cast too from folks that have done quite a bit but I like Melora Hardin plays the doctor she was on the office (laughs) she's great I think what made this movie different for me than a lot of pregnancy horror films is a lot of pregnancy horror films it's like she's so exasperated and (laughs) yeah she has no power and and in this one she's she's really starting to dig up she's gaslit by in part in this, not everyone likes this language, but she's kind of gaslit by the patriarchy through this. Sure. And so she starts to really like do a deep dive into what is going on and how she's being controlled. And then Mm -hmm. how like, you know, it's its own sort of version of big pharma is kind of creating this, like there's some, we can make you want to have a child, right? That is your purpose. And although this has been done a million times, I think because her character was like like a final girl kind of character, sure. you're in it because of what she what Diana Agron does with okay. Ella. And I think that's what made it's like, yeah, she's kick ass. She's not like hy- hysterical in the back. I mean, there's moments where she's weak and all that, but it's like, of you know, course. a girl that's been stabbed in a horror film and just pulls the knife well, out that's and keeps going. Final girls, yeah. That's what she reminds me of in this. And I think that's what really keeps it like she's a badass in this. That's amazing. Yeah. I still haven't pushed play on it. I but, understand because but you're convincing me. The, I wasn't going to watch it. My partner's like, let's let's check it out. I like her, and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy about the topic. And then I'm like, that was really good. That was good. Yeah. We, sometimes we just push play and we're yeah. surprised. And that's what happens is I push play on these Shutter movies, and then I'm like super excited that I find them. I really liked the movie called The Offering. I don't think I saw that. I was looking at that and I don't remember seeing it. But It's a Jewish folktale and, okay. we d- and we don't see a lot of folklore from the Jewish tradition in horror. There's not a ton. There's, it's really hard to find a Hanukkah horror movie. It's really, this isn't a Hanukkah horror movie, but the, you know, it's just really hard to find that religious lore in horror. So I was really happy to find this one. This is dark. It's twisted. It's creepy. It's got supernatural vibes. Uh, there's, there's morgue scenes that are very cool and creepy. So the idea, I really felt that they stuck the ending too. And that's a big part for me with horror movies that I recommend and, and like is that I need it to stick the ending usually. I will tell you, okay, this one didn't stick the ending, but it was still a great ride kind of thing. This one had a lot of jump scares, which I actually didn't mind. Uh, The ending was super well done. There's a great demon in it. You don't see it much, but there's a great demon in it. 
And the premise is this. In the wake of a young Jewish girl's disappearance, the son of the Hasidic funeral director returns home with his pregnant wife in hopes of reconciling with his father. Little do they know that directly beneath them in the family morgue, an ancient evil with sinister plans for the unborn child lurks inside a mysterious corpse. Mm. Now, as Kathy is saying, like this whole like womb pregnant unborn child pregnancy woman thing is a huge <laughs> thing in horror these last many years probably ever rosemary's baby right but this is really well done because it's not just about that it's, yeah it's actually it's not like an element that. of it yeah. yeah exactly it's just an element of it it's the, it's the guys that gets them there and all that but it's a really solid movie i recommend awesome. it awesome mm-hmm. I don't know if this one made your list, but you're the one who actually turned me on to it. And I, I loved it. The movie Nefarious. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I really liked it for one reason. Sean Patrick Flannery's performance. Yeah. He, Cause I remember you, uh, you know, us being pretty harsh on it, but also being pretty positive. About well, I was it, harsh so. on Jordan Belfi who plays the site, yeah, the I forensic remember. psychologist. And I just think his, I really think it's how he was, written and directed i don't really think it was uh, let's hope it wasn't a direct reflection of his acting well and we reflect on movies too and then when you're looking at the whole year you really can like say like i actually like that movie more than most of the others (laughs) i really did like it because i think that it was i I think it really was like a sean patrick flannery one-man show and yeah. I think that he was just so brilliant in this role and it's so different from anything he's ever done. So on the day of his scheduled execution, a convicted serial killer gets a psychiatric evaluation during which he claims he is a demon and further claims that before their time is over, the psychiatrist will commit three murders of his own. So you just, you, you know, you're kind of, as the audience, you're kind of tackling between whether this person is really mentally ill or or. Um, characterologically, you know, psychopathic and just, or maybe there's a combination. I don't know, but his performance, I'm, I was really just drawn into what he did with this role. And when I look back, like you said, you know, on this, it was pretty powerful. Yeah. I just love looking back at the year. If you guys don't do that, like whatever, if you want to start like logging your movies, you can use letterbox or you can use something else, but it's so great to like, look back at the year and kind of revisit Cause that really reminds me like, Oh man, I really did love that movie. I really, you know, or, or actually I didn't really love it at the time, but it's way better than like all these other movies I saw. Exactly. Because once you look at the list, you're like, okay, well that was a hell of a lot better than these five. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting when they're in competition with each other. Yeah. These are not our favorite movies. These are our favorite movies of 2023. Exactly. In that, that keeps it real tight. Yeah. I love the movie The Passenger from 2023. I'm trying to think if I, I okay, talk about it. I'm going to see if I saw this because it sounds really familiar. It's, you know, it's psychopath times. So Randolph Bradley is perfectly content fading into the background. But when his coworker Benson snaps and goes on a violent killing spree, he's forced to face his fears and confront his troubled past in order to find a way to survive. So this is basically like the beginning of it. Something happens in their place of business. They work at like a burger joint or something. Something happens, pisses Benson off, who's psychopath vibes, who's working there. He's working there too. Everybody's working there. But Benson gets pissed off about this and then literally just takes out his gun and starts murdering people. Mm. And then they leave together because Randolph ends up now being the the sort of victim of Benson 
and go off and, you know, they're on the road. It's Bonnie and Clyde, basically. They're on the road together and sort of like, and the drama ensues. And honestly, this one really surprised me. Like, I... I did not have hopes for this, but the acting was really good. Well, Kyle Gallner's awesome. I yeah, think. He, and I mean, he, and can he's uncanny to my nephew-in-law, so it's a little weird oh, when I look funny. at him. But yeah, he, I think he's good. The acting in this was great, and even though the action was pretty predictable, it's not like, I mean, the way the characters are drawn you know what's going to, you feel like you know what's going to happen, but the characters are like full bodied, balanced, engaging. I was interested in both characters and why they were doing I what they were I doing. Saw, did we watch this on discord? I don't know. Probably. I think I saw this. There were these lovely small, like character touches throughout that gave, cause there's psychopathy here, it, but it gave the humanity and these little, I just thought it was very well acted and well written. Mm -hmm. So, awesome. Yeah. I have one more I'll talk about, and then I have one that I'm real curious about. Okay. Yeah. I have two more to talk about as well. So oh, perfect. we're wrapping up. So this one, uh, I mean, it's obvious if, if you know me, um, <laughs> it's, uh, the movie totally killer. Yeah. I had so much fun with this. Amazing. So, uh, 35 years after the shocking murder of three teens, the infamous sweet 16 killer returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. 17 year old Jamie played by Kiernan Shipka ignores her overprotective mom played by Julie Bowen warning and comes face to face with the masked maniac and on the run for her life accidentally time travels back to 1987 the year of the original killings forced to navigate the unfamiliar and outrageous culture of the 1980s jamie teams up with her teen mom olivia holt to take down the killer once and for all before she's stuck in the past forever <laughs> this movie's just fun you know like when we talked about the book episode and we talked about disco death trap it, it's just it's fun and it makes fun of the 80s it makes fun of 80s horror but then it's also a really fun story yeah, I mean, I, I I expected it to be on your list, Yeah, for sure. It yeah. was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Totally a lot of fun. My last dark, brutal, savage, gory, violent, uh, <laughs> awful movie that I'm going to recommend. <laughs> I like the shadowy shit. So this movie is called When Evil Lurks, also on Shudder. Thank you, Shudder, for bringing these movies to everyone's life. Residents of a small rural town discover that a demon, yes, they've all got demons okay. on them. <laughs> no, they don't really, but it's just funny. I do like that kind of thing. That a demon is about to be born among them. They desperately try to escape before the evil is born, but it may be too late. Again, acting really good. And the tagline of this movie is, there's no point in praying. Oh, well. <laughs> This has a different style. Like I talk about all these movies. I mean, you know, I'm joking about it. Lots of horror movies have demons in them. Like it's very common. So that's why there's so many. But, you know, here's the thing. Most possession movies are about faith. Loss of faith. If you have enough faith, all this stuff. This movie is not about faith, which is interesting. It was interesting to me. I'm like, wow. All right. It's not religious at all they've managed to do this demon thing without any, it's, this is not a religious horror. They, however, they do not shy away from the, our imagined brutality of demon possession. It's not religious, but the demon possession is 
fucking brutal and gory and hard yeah, and more from like a historical than theological. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and the rules of this movie, they take restraint, meaning, you know how characters will have rules they have to do in order to survive. Like all horror, a lot of horror movies have that, right? The, the rules in this movie take a lot of restraint on the part of hu a human nature and we suck at that. Mm. So they end up, you know, failing. I read this quote from the director about hating religion as a business, but not as a faith or for helping people. Like in our business, faith is often a protective factor because if you have faith in things, you, you're more likely to want to live and prosper and go forward and be healthy. These characters cannot rely on God or religion to fight the demon and relying on people and society to follow rules and listen to each other to survive you can imagine how that goes poorly yeah <laughs> so this is so that i really feel like there's an interesting part of humanity to highlight in this movie um there is animal death there is possession there's child death and possession there's personal and societal loss there's a lot of loss in here but it's really good it's a really good movie and it's called what again when evil lurks okay. on cheddar I am very curious about a movie called Debbie Does Demons. Mm -hmm. Lauren and her friends just wanted to have a little fun with a Ouija board, but they accidentally resurrect a centuries-old voluptuous witch named Carmilla. <laughs> Before I mean, what's it, not to love? Carmilla is killing all of Lauren's friends and turning them into bloodthirsty demons. Thankfully, there's a local TV show hostess named Debbie, who is an expert in all things occult. But can Debbie really put stop to the devious and deadly Carmilla. The poster for this is hilarious. And obviously it's a play on the porn Debbie does Dallas. Yeah. If those out there don't know that. Um, <laughs> but this is just fucking hysterical. Amazing. So I may have to check this out and report back on it. There's a movie called Candyland that I heard is really good. That's yeah. kind of a similar vibe. Like I it's not like this, list. but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those movies where I'm like, mm, that looks like well, campy he, and ridiculous. Yeah, but this looks so low budget. Yeah, I mean, that's I true. mean, the photos are just really ridiculous on this. I mean, yeah. Debbie's a paranormal ghost hunter. For she does sake. demons. <laughs> All right, the last one I will mention because I feel like it's uh, we just passed through the holiday season, and I have secured a new holiday horror ritual. Ooh movie okay it's new 2023 just came out um just recently before the holidays it's called there's something in the barn oh an american family fulfills their dream of moving back to their roots after inheriting a remote cabin in the mountains of norway that there's a surprise waiting for them and this is a fun silly christmas horror totally rotation worthy like watch it with your holiday movies um, there are people to like and people to hate in this movie so okay enjoy there's that. something in the barn yep there's something in the barn and you should probably check it out i dug it so thank you so much look at all those movies look at look at all the amazing movies we were managed to find in 2023 and you know what there were a lot more like we can't watch everything so we would love to hear from you and what the movies you loved otherwise thank you so much for listening uh like subscribe share our episodes we really appreciate you and happy new year this has been an episode of terror talk my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone